Welcome to Sin News, the Inside Gaming podcast where we talk all about video games. I am Brian, your host. I'm Alana. What's up? Uh, we also have two guests today. Yeah. Hello, I'm Blessing. I'm kind of funny. Hi, I'm Willie from Willie Versus. Welcome, you guys. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks for we having got a, me. We got a full house today. This is going to be awesome. Um, Pleasure to be so, here. Thanks. Yeah. It. Uh, so we're going to, uh, uh, the way we kind of do this, we're going to talk about some news, then uh, take some questions from our lovely fans. But first, let's talk about, uh, this has been going on all week. Uh, obviously, the protests nationwide um, have been going worldwide. on. Worldwide. Worldwide, yeah, that's right. Uh, I saw some huge protests, like in the Netherlands and mm-hmm. Paris and all over. Um, but uh, now gaming companies um, have been getting into the act and voicing support for uh, various progressive causes, particularly Black Lives Matter, in, in a way that we haven't, at least I don't remember ever uh, having seen this before. Uh, what have you guys noticed? My my biggest takeaway, uh, or my the the big one I saw uh, that actually just happened this morning as a recording is uh, Take Two, uh, specifically Rockstar. They're going offline with their games for about two hours during the day, which sounds pretty small uh, when you just hear like, oh, two hours of protest. All right, but I think for like a Rockstar game, when you look at GTA Online, you look at Red Dead Online. Like them going offline for two hours is a pretty big statement, especially when you look at the amount of people that are playing those games. Uh, specifically that's thousands GTA of dollars. Online. That's, oh, thousands yeah. of do- that's thousands and thousands of dollars. But that's also like thousands and thousands of people who, who are going to have to like stop and not be able to play a game and have to look at, all right, well, why can't I play this? Oh, OK. Things are going on in the world. I, I guess I got to pay attention to this now. Like that's the big mm. one for me that I saw that that uh, yeah. felt big. And then, of course, the PlayStation 5 event got pushed, mm-hmm. got delayed. Uh, and that was, of course, going to reveal so many PlayStation 5 games. And, and that's another one that I feel like was uh, was big. Of course, you know, I'm sure marketing comes into play at a certain point. Yeah. I'm, sure, like, right. I'm sure there are conversations behind the scenes as far as like, all right, like, is it really a good time to be showing PlayStation 5 games? Do people really want to pay attention to what oh, we have to Are we show? going to be able to trend in competition with these other hashtags right now? Yeah. Exactly. Like, exactly. That's the, that's the big thing is like, I'm sure advertising and PR and, and marketing very much comes into play with that. But, you know, as a side effect of it, that is another thing that makes people pause and make people makes people go like, oh, well, yeah, I guess th- like this thing that I was looking forward to has gotten pushed because of bigger things that are going on in the world. I have to pay attention now to what's going mm. on with the Black Lives Matter matters movement and, and the protests and everything else. And so it's been very interesting to see. I have yeah. been trying to. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, uh, just to, to comment on that, I think it is it is interesting, as you're saying, like, there are there are definitely different degrees of messaging we're seeing from a lot of companies. Um, I would say that the feeling of sincerity is, it's a gradient. There are some cases where it feels a little bit shallow. And they're yep. like, I, I think that like, when you, as you do mention, though, like PlayStation 5 event would not get coverage. So it just makes sense for them to do it this way. But it's right. like... Again, because it's the practical thing to do, that means that the size of and the scale of what's going on does force you to sort of acknowledge it. That in and of itself is something pretty incredible. It's a net positive in the end. But I was basically going to say the same thing, like company by company is how I'm like going like, all right, with that one, that one's bullshit. Like and and you Mm, you pay attention to who's like donating money. And of course, people reply to that and go, well, charities, a tax write off. Like, yeah, but that's kind of unavoidable. Like, I do think that 
Like, I, I appreciate what Nintendo did. Uh, I thought EA's response was really good, whereas some of them have felt really hollow and pointless. So it's kind of kind of all over the place. Hard not to be a little bit critical of some of these things when there are so many companies that have taken just utter inaction previously uh, when it comes to just blatant racism uh, on their multiplayer servers or whatever. So, like, oh yeah, it's a mm-hmm. mix. But yeah, ultimately, like- the fact that everyone's doing it is helpful. <laughs> Uh, yeah, one of the I big thought- ones in Sorry, regard to ahead. that is uh, Call of Duty, right? Like yeah. they put out mm-hmm. a statement saying that, hey, we're going to crack down on racist content in our games, whether that's clan tags, whether that's, whether that's usernames. And that's one of those ones where like I looked at it and I was like, where have you been for the last right? 15 years? Like <laughs> this, is not, this is not a new problem for Call right. of Duty. Like I didn't realize how bad it was until I saw that video of the guy just scrolling through every username that has the yeah. N-word in it and being like, oh my... How have you just now decided that this is worth fixing? Think yeah, about like, every mm-hmm, single mm-hmm, black mm-hmm. person who's ever played that game and has seen that and has been like, what? And they just didn't care? Like, oh. Yeah, like I've, I've played Call of Duty quite a bit uh, over the years, right? I've, I've been big into Black Ops specifically. Uh, and I haven't really like gotten into a Call of Duty, like into it, into it since probably about Black Ops 3. And so mm. this last, this last um, actually about within the last couple of weeks, uh, I got into Modern Warfare uh, a bit, right? The latest Call of Duty that's, that's released. Um, and I started playing some gun gunfight. I started playing some gun game. I started playing some deathmatch. And taking that break uh, from Call of Duty since Black Ops 3 and now jumping back into it and being, like, re-reminded of how many people are saying terrible, terrible things in chat mm. was, like, Though that was not an eye opener because I knew about it, but a, a be- very big reminder of like, wow, there's a like, a, there's a it's lot been happening to do. that whole time. That's, yeah, it's that's been happening that whole time. Yeah, that's the thing is, I, I mean, you mentioned like, you know, uh, sort of black people coming into these games and going like, whoa, what's going on here? But the truth is, I think I, I can't speak for everybody, but I can speak for myself and I can speak for people I know. A lot of us are kind of like, it's more like you come in, you see that type of thing in the game and you're just like, oh, yeah, this is what it is. It's been this way. Why do you jump online sucks, and man. you sucks. play anything in a massively multiplayer context? You're going to just encounter that and you kind of just get used to that being sort of like this yeah. is the culture you're 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 participating in and this is what you're used to, you know? It's, yeah, it's, it's the same it's for a bit of homophobic a, slurs. Like yep. people getting called that F word. Um, you know, I, I get a bunch of sexist cr- garbage when people figure out that I'm a woman. So I mostly say I'm a 12 year old boy, which I can get away with because I have a deep voice. <laughs> it works great. But it, it, it's, it is just especially the N word being so prevalent in titles. Like the fact that that is something that you just have to get used to or that Most we have people, just gotten used to fucking yeah, sucks. It's thing that's been I, normalized for sure. I get a little conspiratorial about this, though, because I feel like if they wanted to just perma ban people on the first offense for this shit and then it's done with. But I feel like uh, they're worried about losing that business. They're worried about, well, how yeah, many people would they have to ban? And so of course, it, they won't do it. it. And so it just yeah, I, I've noticed the same thing. Uh, I still play Starcraft, too. I put this in uh, the script for one of our videos, but it is a cesspool and it is completely unmoderated and, and the general chat is just awful. And I contacted Blizzard and they're like, well, people can report it if they want. And that was pretty much mm-hmm. the mean anything. Yeah, yeah it, it sucks when the filter that has to go up is a mental one, you know, for these types yeah. of things. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I will say that like, uh, I, I, there are, there's like, I can imagine an instance of someone is literally a ridiculous 12-year-old child that thinks they can get a rise out of everybody that does this. 
um, there is a possibility that, you know, uh, down the line, if they turn 16 or 17 or 18, like the idea of the perma ban immediately on the first infraction might be an overstep for a game yeah. that they've purchased. Yeah. I think that you can have a degree of, you know, uh, 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 moderation, moderation yeah, with that. Um, uh, except you know, when and, cheating is concerned, because that oh, requires course, so course, much yeah. effort. That I'm like perma venom, but I think but you're, it, you're right. Like a, a lot of these cases, like I might have even spoken about this last week. I don't want to like be the person who talks about getting rape threats, but uh, when I got rape threats from twelve year olds or whatever, like no part of my brain took that as an actual threat. It it was a twelve-year-old saying something that they knew was inherently offensive, but didn't really mm -hmm. understand why they were saying what they were saying and just throwing it into the air. So, uh, when I screenshotted that and shared it forever ago, I wasn't like keeping their details in there because I'm not going to dox a twelve-year-old who doesn't know any better and ruin mm -hmm. their life. They, I don't think they meant that they actually wanted to do that. It's just someone being an absolute idiot and needing to learn and grow up. Which exactly. I, yeah. Like I, I yeah. get that there's nuance to that. Yeah, and they need like to the be biggest, more or less. Oh, sorry. sorry, I was gonna, I was gonna say the, the biggest normalization or the biggest problem is the normalization of it. it is like the yeah, fact yeah. that it, yeah. it, it, like we don't even have like that reaction of like oh my god, right? Like when I was when mm -hmm. I first started playing Rainbow Six Siege uh, about like two years ago, I remember going into a public match for the first time and like being on comms. And since I it was since it was one of my first times playing the game, I accidentally got a team kill because I wasn't paying attention. And I remember on, on comms, like somebody else calling calling me the n-word. And like my, my reaction wasn't like, oh my god. My reaction first well, my first you reaction was like kill the teammate blessing. My first reaction was like, how did you know? Like what how, what like <laughs> I, I have a very neutral tone. How did you figure out I was black, dude? Uh, but then I was also like, wow, that's not that's not like a good thing. Like that's no. that, you that's not that shouldn't be your go-to. That shouldn't be like a trigger where you're where you get killed immediately you're like oh how dare you like like and you and you say those slurs heated uh, gamer moments man yeah mm -hmm. having those heated gamer moments and so it's 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 so bad uh it's normalized at this point i like that call of duty is taking action about it um and i've been saying i've been saying this phrase a lot and it's from a drake song from like his first album um but you know, better late than never, but never late is better is how i kind of look at it like i'm glad right. you're doing Lord this Al, now Lord yeah. and but, Savior Drake from our Lord and Savior, yeah, quote. Drake, thank me later. Yeah, like <laughs> that, that's that, that is very much how I feel about the, the whole situation and with a lot of the responses. You know, what like a lot of the good, there's a lot of good ones, there's a lot of like eh ones, right? I like action, that's kind of where I stand. Is I like mm -hmm. when I like when you back up your statements with something actionable, and so I like what Humble is doing, especially where uh, Humble Bundle is is funding uh, black developers, you know, and, and is donating a large amount of money toward uh, black creators, which I think, think is an incredible thing. That's what I like to see with all right. this right i like to see action on the counter on the counter though when i see stuff like uh, uh GameSpot was like hey uh, i believe the exact tweet was um for eight minutes and 46 seconds we will stop posting on our social feeds Ooh, thank you, you know and it's like hey yeah cool you mean those feeds that you tweet on like every hour or so like yeah, the last yeah. tweet was 20 is, minutes before what that? are you accomplishing <laughs> that was like, a terrible yeah. one thank you yeah. and thank I, you to, for stopping for 10 minutes you know to give to give gamespot a, a little bit of bail that was like a, a cbs interactive white thing where i saw giant bomb do the same thing and they're both under the, the same parent company so and stupid. like it's a it's a it's a stupid thing yeah. and i think GameSpot, i think gamespot uh, had 
GameSpot had like a, a better actual response to it uh, that came from their team, which I, yeah, I, I really like. They liked. are also doing charity streams for the next six weeks to raise money for Black Lives Matter. That which makes I feel like, sense. You know, that takes time. That's salaries that they're putting towards doing something. I agree those tweets are absolutely stupid. And I did want to mention, Hilarious. since you're here, Blessing, if you're okay with talking about it. Go for it. Uh, you were mostly the one who uh, screenshotted and shared the tweet from Dan Stapleton, the executive oh, yeah. editor of reviews at IGN. Um, I can't remember what it was that he said exactly, but it was something along the lines of, uh, well, if black people would just apply, then maybe we could hire them. It wasn't like quite that harsh, but that was basically, yeah, that was basically the heart he of it, said. right? Like I have it pulled up here, uh, since he brought it up, right? He tweeted, uh, I think I can speak for, for just about everybody in James in games journalism when i say that we love to hire more black and my and other minority writers but uh we can't if we don't hear from you when you see job job postings go up apply 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 or recommend someone who should which i think you know in 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 some sense is somewhat of an innocent statement but when you like look into it or when you like read it and reread it and think about it you know you you it it, it, it's, a, it's a statement that takes a lot of responsibility out of the situation on the side of people who are hiring, right? Yeah. Like, there, there are people you can talk to. There are, there are ways in which you can invite people, uh, invite a, di a diverse group of people to apply for the job and see you can go to career out. fairs at various colleges you can like yeah. you can cast like a wide net it shouldn't all be upon just i do uh, think the, like the, the applicants like, you get in yeah dan's a good dude generally like i do think he didn't have ill intentions i think he just doesn't understand and part of it is as someone who worked at ign for a really long time i can openly say i had to put up a fight to have our first black host on the daily fix that was an argument I had to have with execs. They weren't arguing with me because he mm -hmm. was black, but it was still like, we never had a person of color host that show. And I was like, if I'm leaving today, and I, when I was hosting it, I'm like, I'm not gonna have the same two white dudes every week. Why would we do that? This is, this is a show where anyone can read from a prompter and bring a different perspective on their own accord. Why am I gonna have the same two people over and over again? And it, it was an argument. So it's like, from the IGN side is, I, I get where Dan is coming from. He doesn't understand that Part of it is also that when IGN is so goddamn white in the first place, people aren't necessarily going to feel welcome to apply. There are so yeah, many like, layers like of making that matter. Yeah. Like, I know for I, me, I right? Like, like, uh, sorry, I was going to say, I know for me, I, when I quote tweeted that that tweet, uh, I quote tweeted and said that like I've applied to IGN countless times. Like that's that's like you know there there it's not like people aren't applying to IGN. Uh, and I know for me also like optically, I was on I recorded podcast beyond this week with IGN. <laughs> right. And it was right. After, it was actually right after I got off of Beyond when I looked and I saw that Dan Stapleton tweet. And for me, that's actually a sign of it's not that there aren't qualified black people to uh, to work there. Right. Like, it's not like there aren't qualified black people applying because I also hosted their Black History Month stream in February. Like there are people that are that are qualified and people that you will you will have on. But there is work to be done as far as actually bringing people on. Right. Like you can't have you can't play both sides where you're like. Yeah, we'll have black hosts on when it's Black History Month or when there was a shooting last week or not a shooting, but a, a black murder last week. Yeah. But, you know, like also we need you guys to like to apply more. It's, you can't you can't play both the, sides that way. The apply, apply, apply uh, posts. I feel like um, in many cases when I've seen those, there's usually a series of tweet uh, quoted threads with people going, I did. I did. Yeah. I, yeah, this is something <laughs> yeah. that happened. You see yes. multiple people going like, yeah, well, I, we did that. And so what else, you know? Right. I think part of it is being part of the hiring process at IGN uh, 
for multiple different occasions as well. I also know they don't read all their applications because they get thousands and thousands and thousands. So that's what I was going to say. Their IGN. Sh- I mean, I'm sure they get you hundreds you get every day. So yeah. many. Exactly. Um, yeah. And I'm sure it's Yeah. And what I would suggest that they do is even if it feels weird and maybe offends some people from applying, fuck those people, have a a tick box. Like literally allow people to identify that they are people of color or part of the LGBT community so that those people actually have their applications read because IGN does need to try harder. And not even in a way that it's like, oh, make things more diverse. And it's not just IGN. Frankly, Rooster Teeth does too. Rooster, like, yeah, this is a, massive a huge issue at Rooster Teeth. It's, yeah. it's not that it's just about like, well, we want diversity so that we're virtue signaling. It's also that if you have different perspectives, your writing team is stronger. You have a, a, a broader range of features that you can pull from. People with different backgrounds and different opinions and completely different experiences. Like, I don't want to know what a white person thinks of Barrett in Final Fantasy. If you don't have someone in your staff that you can pull on to talk about any race-related issues, it is a detriment to your team and you're missing out on, like, also just very important content. So it's it's not just about, like, it benefits them. It benefits them too. And it's, it's something yeah. that I hope people start taking more seriously. And just uh, props to you for for having the balls to tackle big old Dan Stapleton blessing. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate I mean, it, it, it's, it's interesting you mentioned Final Fantasy there because the first thing that comes to mind for me is, I guess, like, I think, I mean, anyone can write, like, a, a, a given story from uh, their perspective and, and review something that, uh, a review of Final Fantasy game and, you know, talk about whatever elements stand out to them. And let's say someone wants to speak about uh, Barrett as a character that went from uh, a Mr. T to a Mr. T with a little bit more going on mm-hmm. in uh, Remake. I think that type of thing could be much more interesting, especially if you are coming from this from a black experience and you kind of right. know what uh, uh, that is like and how these depictions tend to go in media in general. And you can speak about whether, you know, what you think was comfortable and what isn't comfortable. That, 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 that exact topic uh, comes to mind right away when you say Final Fantasy, you know? Yeah, it's, I think that these outlets, again, us included, are selling themselves short by not putting more effort um, while also I, I, selling an entire race short. It's, I also think it, that hiring people also will uh, sort of say certain things. Uh, it's almost like code, like, well, our audience is used to these guys. Let's not, you know, we don't need new people in or, or whatever. And I, I think that, you know, it's almost a subtle, like, well, let's just go with the norm. And when you're white, especially when you're a white dude, you get the sort of benefit of being just the norm. Yeah. So yeah I, I guess I kind of think, though, like the idea of like the checkbox does make me feel a little weird. Um, I Could would like stick. Yeah, I'm not I'm not a fan of that type of thing being added to like applications. But what I do like is if the person that is hiring is basically able to scout talent and yeah. they scout in such a way that they can uh, keep these things in mind as they look for people and as True. they try to get different perspectives going. Yeah, you know? like I'm uh, a big fan of in, in, of initiative, right? Like, you know, whether it is the checkbox checkbox thing, which I think comes with like pluses and minuses, right? Like I know mm-hmm. for me, when I see a checkbox, I'm like, all right, cool. Like it, it makes me excited and scared because in my mind, I'm like, all right, cool. This is a company that might be looking out for trying to hire diverse, but then also like, am oh, I, am I also, take me seriously? Yeah, am I doxing myself if I check myself as an African African American, and does that then take me like does that take me down a few notches as far as like who's hiring and 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 what they might be looking for, might not be looking for? Um, But I do like initiative. 
so something else that comes to mind too when it, when again talking about the the corporate responses to these things is in some case uh, uh, one of the stories I was talking about earlier on uh, my podcast this week was the idea that sometimes it's not even necessarily the sincerity of the statement or how it sounded but just like the history of the company in particular and so one of the messages that came out from activision blizzard about their support for uh the movement and what's going on right now just it fell on deaf ears because it's like hold on a minute like what about hong kong and the Mm -hmm. fact that you guys censored someone uh, Blitzchung, yeah. you know, and that whole event, like the level of hypocrisy that comes from like tactically choosing when you when you want to support human rights and when you don't is just it's hollow and kind of gross, guys. I feel and like also I keep yelling you, this. Uh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. And, well, and also, <laughs> I was just gonna I was gonna use YouTube as an example. They made a big show about uh, uh, making a donation. YouTube has platformed more racist and more white supremacists than anyone, and they're still on. And, and the uh, people make a living off that. And, and so for them to not clean up their own house first is, is just ridiculous. I feel like I talk about this all the time, but I, I should just write something about it because I always bring it up that no one talks about it, is that Diablo Immortal is a mobile game, thus is probably going to have a big audience in China and Japan. They also just happen to remove the witch doctors, so there are no black characters in that game. Uh, which, you know, there are issues with the Witch Doctors and their representation anyway, but my guess is that that's because they were like, won't sell as well in China if we have black people in it, which is fucked up. <laughs> like, Blizzard, I mean, we know what you're about. I mean, yo, like, after that Star Wars poster edit and after, like, some of the... Uh, th- there, was a, there was literally, like, an edit that had uh, John Boyega removed from a Star yeah. Wars poster that was in, in China, and, and there was, mm-hmm. um, like, a whole article written up about like black panthers reception and how marvel movies explode but this one didn't there's a level of like when you say that story that just reminds me of those little bits of like no let's just make sure this market doesn't see anything they don't want to see right now and that's that's garbage i hate that that star wars tweet where they they said we stand with you john boyega i was like d though do you, <laughs> right. why did you like, do no. that poster yeah why did you do that yeah, oh, yeah. it's bad blizzard especially i'm like you shut up <laughs> we know yeah. what you're about come on that's like that's like the nfl tweet is where it's like all right guys, oh yo yeah you can't, yo. you can't be the hero and the villain here like yeah. bro, let's all calm red, down the redskins the washington redskins was hilarious like yo <laughs> <laughs> that's like that's like the kkk tweet and like i mean like, like, no. and it's like no we we know you don't we you know see oh, that like on. that was your like on god like word that's yeah. how we're playing this like okay <laughs> the kkk tweeting black lives matter you're like yeah mm, it's like well, mm-hmm, mm, mm-hmm. not sure and, about that and in the meantime like you know on, uh, on the flip side of things you come you hit a, you hit some shit like ben and jerry's coming out and throwing the gauntlet oh down god. and you're like yo ice cream I mean, yeah, what are you doing right now? They're, they're, they're historically very, very, very progressive. Yeah. Ice cream came hard. I was <laughs> yeah, not expecting that. Support of like Occupy. Yeah, they, they, yeah. Of all I the mean, things you're expecting, never craved it's not Ben and Jerry's. I've never craved ice cream so much until until this week. This week, sure, and that's my wild. thing when, when I look at when I look at the the statements from all the different video game companies, right? Like, there's not been a company yet that has Ben and Jerry's it by any means right like there's not a company yet that i feel like has said all the things that needed to that 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 needs to be said in the way that ben and jerry's did yeah um 
We stand Which is like Jerry's. because they need yeah. because they need plausible <laughs> deniability in their statements, right? If right. They're exactly. still riding a line there. Exactly. Yeah, you need to you need to keep it the you need to keep it so that like our support is inferred and it feels like you kind of hear what you want to hear from the phrasing here. Exactly. You know? Like that's that's the thing about it. Um, but we and, don't want the young white dudes to get too you know upset about whatever we're saying. For sure. Well, yeah. I mean, go look at the, we talked about the PlayStation 5 delay, right? Like, go look at the the thread underneath that. Oh, yeah, mm. yeah. You know? Yeah. And, like, the level of just, like, like, no, I need PS5 news, and, like, how dare you? And it's just, A lot like, of responses that are just, like, well, this is an American problem. What does it have to do with me? I'm like, you think this is an American problem? Yeah, no. Oh, no. <laughs> no. I, I also wonder, uh, just on a larger issue, and, and video games is not the only medium that does this, TV and movies do too, but, you know, uh, uh, historically in video games, you're, you know, I, I feel like there's a tendency to put you in the role of a cop or a soldier, and I think there's just some inherent glorification there at all times, you know, kind of like Law & Order episodes where it's like mm -hmm. the cops are always the good guys, the, the defense attorneys are, are these sort of sleazy dudes always trying to kind of put, put one over and get a guilty person off. And I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like there's... That's the thing I hadn't thought about just until this, this week. Very, yeah, there's this very subtle, you know, uh, framing yourself always as, a, you know, uh, as a cop on, on the side of, you know, justice and truth. Everyone plays Spec Ops the line. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I just got yeah, through yeah, that yeah. actually. Very good. Not too long yeah. ago. So um, good. <laughs> See, but at the same time, though, like, uh, like again, I was just like, of all the example teens you're talking about, like that. So that comes up. That's one thing, right? But um, there was a, a Randy Pitchford deleted a tweet. I don't know if you guys saw it. Oh, that no. was like Randy. Was it child oh, porn? No. Uh, it was not. <laughs> not this time. It was a picture of a USB drive. <laughs> no, it was actually no. it was actually really good magic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this time around it was if you want to kill some pig cops this weekend here's duke nukem 3 3d's 20th anniversary world tour with a link to the steam download to, to purchase the game and wow. it's just like could you have less tact like yeah. could wow. you have less tact in handling a situation like what is actually wrong with you could randy you pitch to have less tact <laughs> i mean and, and like and the and like the the, the mess like not only did you throw it in there not only did you come in with like the hottest ridiculous take but you also come in there with um here's a link to our game please go buy it right you know right. that's um, the Detroit Become Human thing where... yes exactly that was next <laughs> I have I have four tweets open here yeah <laughs> it's and not Detroit. political just kidding yes it was buy it right here the whole time David Cage was like oh. talking about how it wasn't about racism and then suddenly now that it can sell it's about racism just come asking on. questions on, he says come on yeah 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 and then that and then his tweet as well uh where like the the phrasing of it what like what was it it was uh um there was literally a, there was a, there was a oh yeah racism in any way shape form uh is stupid must be fought against everywhere and always all lives matter and are equal regardless Ooh. of skin color and so on and sexual beliefs and the, that one specifically and, knowing guillaume uh, not like i'm friends with them but I, I did a studio visit um i think him saying all lives matter was an actual uh, not English-speaking person not translation. Understanding. Yeah, yeah. Okay. like he—it's he, not, not like he translates. He—he can speak English quite well, but I think that was that was quite literally a him not knowing 
like the he wasn't trying to make it. Of that I hear you. Yes. Yeah. I, I hear you. But also, I live in Montreal, Quebec. I speak French, and the French word for all and the French word for black are completely separate. From no, each that's other. what I mean. Not a translation issue. It's a cultural <laughs> misunderstanding issue because he can speak English. I think he just literally didn't understand that what all lives matter means. Like oh, he yeah. did mean I, it in the broadest. Like I think that he just didn't get it. Like I, sure. I get that a bit because like my my dad is is Nigerian and I, and he's also a pastor. Uh, and I remember a couple years ago, actually, this was like 2014 when the Ferguson protests were happening. And I remember, I remember him being, uh, he came back to the country to visit and he was also giving like a message and preaching. And it, this was like when Black Lives Matter was kind of at its apex at the start of it. Right. And people were, people, that, that was like a thing that was trending. And, and I think that's when the ball really like started rolling as far as it being a, a thing that was uh, widely conscious with people. And I remember my dad preaching, preaching all the right things as far as like, we had to do something. We had to be in our communities and uh, all lives matter. And when he said that, I was like, no dad, no, you don't understand. You can't say that. You can't say that way. Uh, say black, say black, <laughs> say black. Yeah. Okay. Okay. There's a, there's a connotation and a denotation and there's certain people that don't necessarily catch on to the fact that it clearly is implying all black lives matter too. You know, yes. it's not, yeah. it's not something that is necessary, but, but like you can benefit of the doubt that, right? That's fine. If you want to you know, okay, so that part of the tweet. The rest of that tweet. Toss it trash. up, right? <laughs> but then at the end of that, you get the uh, at Detroit game is precisely oh. about that. And it's like, yeah. throw the product in there, why don't you? Also, as you're not. making your statement. Like, and and of course that. it's not. It's, it's robots at the back of the bus. Mm-hmm, we're going to rise up. <laughs> like, that. that yeah, the level of like, like uh, Quantic Dream and, and David Cage and having like any tact to handle that type of topic is a whole other thing. I literally have there's a playthrough of that game of me just it's like a it's like a 20 hour eye roll of, <laughs> yeah. of going through Detroit become <laughs> yeah. human yep. um you know but um yeah it's just seeing that type of thing like tagged in when you're making your statement and stuff is just it, it it just rings so hollow and I mean I got a, a shout out to a friend of uh our channel that like draws comics uh, called Raylith where he had this this uh it's like a, a random brand kind of like person in a comic going like we're so sad about the events going on right now and then like another brand puts a hand on their shoulder and goes um we're sad about the events too please consume our products consume our mm -hmm. products too and they hug and they cry and the word consume mm -hmm. just <laughs> floats oh, overhead yeah. you know and i feel and like just... for all the ones that are fucking this up it's like a, a walking dead like I will remember that moment. Like, you know, it's not like I'm tweeting angrily at them, but all of the ones that are like doing a terrible job, like uh, Guillaume did on behalf of all of Quantic, I'm like, Clementine, we'll remember that. We're like, we fucking mm -hmm. see you. We know what you did. Yeah. We it, know what I, you're I, about. I feel like this is obviously it's um, uh, everyone's kind of jumping on board. Is there any chance that this could be some sort of watershed moment, though, when it comes to like, I don't know, uh, uh, like uh, Infinity Ward did, you know, in terms of we're going to get better about tackling this sort of toxic chat in games. Is this, are we going to look back in a few years and go, okay, that was when things actually really did start to change? Or so. is everybody just posting and then they're going to move on? I think a, it's a, a mix. Few weeks. I, yeah. yeah I, it, seeing how it's played out historically, right? Seeing like the Michael Brown shooting and how the Ferguson protests happened yeah. and yeah. then they calmed down like, probably like two weeks later as far right. as the worldwide consciousness uh, around it and seeing how, how that has happened quite a few times over the years uh, whenever this does get recorded and put out there and people see it and people get infuriated about it and people then forget like this time for sure it, it feels bigger yeah. uh, th uh, than it has within the last 10 years mm -hmm. uh, which is awesome you know which is great 
Um, but you know, as far as far as like the wider conversation about it, I, I, I think it'll continue to 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 move and it'll continue to exist. But my fear is that after let's say next week, I yeah. I I, yeah. I could very well see like everybody. I I could very well see the trends not happening. Right. right. I could very well mm-hmm. I could very well see myself opening Twitter and it being business as usual yeah. we're back to talking Some, about coronavirus something pushes yeah. it off the headlines I, yeah i mean i mean exactly. if you're looking and if you're talking about like you know like those sort of the watershed moment like ultimately like if we're talking we're talking about video games video game companies and how they're handling these things uh some of that and like and just on a, on a larger uh, uh bracket we're talking about like brands and such it's pretty much like if society actually if we see net positive results out of this yeah. right uh, like by the end of it if things actually do move forward if we actually mm-hmm. get legislation and things that change the rules mm-hmm. and make an, a, a massive widespread impact then i think you do see those effects and have a ramification across all things so yeah. that when you get down to the specifics like video games it'll make a difference you know yeah. Yeah. but um yeah. Otherwise, yeah. you're kind of just like you're fighting uphill against like a massive uh, against nothing almost is is like uh, yeah I think you're right unless we actually call for legislation or, or or action then I just worry that we're gonna have riots in LA in another twenty years like we did twenty years ago and twenty years before that for the exact same reason every and single time alongside a handful of nice tweets from some companies right yeah the other day. so right. it's like yeah so. there's there's some there, you know some cultural issues that I think need to change too uh uh number one just sort of uh, sort of coming to grips with our racist history as a country but also I mean I think there's things like why do we fund police departments at the level yeah. we do can yeah. we you know mm-hmm. does that need to be scaled back and things like that and i think there are some some interesting questions being asked and points being made but yeah i i think you're right i think it has to happen more on that macro level and, well, then and everyone just has to keep thinking about it too yeah. because i think i think part of it that that is helped this time around is that people have more power than they ever have before which is a benefit of social media in that we are recording everything the police are doing and sharing it. Whereas before, people would have been like, cops wouldn't do that, what are you talking about? But now that that information is out there. Right. Uh, we can hold these companies accountable. Uh, we can mm-hmm. c- continuously try to put pressure on them to actually change things. So, you know, do yeah, I yeah. think that racism is solved as a result of this week? Absolutely yes. not. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but oh, no. okay. it feels like, uh, it feels like people have at least felt empowered and i hope that that stands that we continue to feel like we can do something and thus we'll actually try um so but in full agreement willie that legislation is number one i keep thinking about that i'm like we aren't asking for legislation and we should absolutely be trying to ask for for actionable government level things yeah it has to come in on that level and the the thing that i kind of focused on to um over all of this to be honest is uh like again i I brought i broke this like there's this amazing thread i saw and I broke this down on our podcast and um, we uh, basically looked at there's a, a Samuel uh, Sinyangwe, uh, Sam Sway on Twitter made a tweet that basically has um, it looks like it's just a col- it's a collection of maybe like 13 or 14 tweets all linking to uh, data like uh, statistical analysis and research on police violence over the years mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. think and, and get things that they were able to <clears throat> gather from literally looking at like thousands of precincts over 20 years like it's a humongous breakdown and it goes into the detailed specifics 
of what can and what does reduce police violence and what doesn't work mm. yeah you know yeah um it was shockingly insightful and like a lot of people had no idea about this i didn't know a lot about it this like it, it opens with a statement that's like uh there's a huge study here that proves that body cams do not reduce police violence at all for example no way right yeah and you're like but that's the first thing i think of in terms of accountability <clears throat> right 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 and like and it jumps right off the bat. It's like, nope, here it is. We have uh, a, a randomized control trial that evaluates the effects of police body-worn cameras and whether or not it reduces violent actions. And it doesn't. It gives wow. you a better, um, it gives you evidence of like um, anything <clears throat> that happens that you need to see what went down. You know, you now have video evidence of it happening, but it is a statistically insignificant reduction in violence, right? Wow. And that's the opening salvo of wow. like this amazing no thread. Um, it, it goes into how um, better police training as well doesn't necessarily have an effect, you know? And again, you think in your brain like, oh, well, body cams and extra training. Why wouldn't that? Isn't that kind of what we hear about as the way to fix this? And it's like, no, it, it literally doesn't. Here's Holy the data. Shit. We have That's a nuts. like. Did you, you link me that? I'd love to read it. Yeah, it's really. crazy. Yeah, um, it you know, and then we're going and it and it, it lists you know. There's like peer reviewed articles of just like uh, studies that you can you can see where this doesn't work. Wow. Um, and then it goes into what does work, you know, and what does work is effectively, uh, in short, like uh, a number of different counties have different policies on what uh, can what police uh, um, can do and cannot do or like whether or not they have like, pr for example, priorities like de-escalation uh, as something they have to do, a continuum of force, like all these things are all broken down into these little detail specifics. So you can see how they work. Uh, it talks about how um, police unions literally have the power to uh, renegotiate contracts every five years and wipe the slate clean for officers with infractions. So when oh, you wow. have 12 to 18, like Chauvin, yeah. You don't yeah. necessarily see the record disappear, but huh. the police unions can make that thing happen. They can reinstate fired officers, right? They can do all kinds of insane, like, covering up and hiding of, the like, police who do bad work in the name of protecting those who are, like, in the right. And they can just basically emphasize the system where, like, you can more or less take bad cops and keep putting them back into the system. I had no right? idea. That's nuts. Um, God damn. Yeah. There uh, you go. Um, all right, let's uh, let's move on. Uh, we'll, we've got a couple of other stories to get to, but first, guys, let's talk about Shutter. And Shutter, you might be asking, what is that? Is a premium video service brought to you by AMC Networks. It offers an unbeatable selection of expertly curated horror, supernatural, and thrillers, uncut and commercial three free. It's got exclusive original titles you won't find anywhere else. You can start your free trial today, risk-free. Guys, if you like horror, if you like thriller, just sort of suspense stuff. If you grew up, I, I'm an 80s kid. I grew up with stuff like Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, uh, just my favorite. This is this is like going into a video store and asking like what what do you got? What are your good horror films? And uh, this is uh, for you. Shutter. You can stream great thrillers, horror, and suspense. Five ninety nine a month, fifty six ninety nine a year. Some have called it the Netflix for horror. So you know what? If you like being scared, Shutter might be for you. Their new spine-tingling thrillers, shocking horrors, and edge-of-your-seat suspense added 
daily. You've got unlimited access to stream ad-free on all your favorite devices, uh, iPhone, iPad, Apple TV, Xbox One, Amazon Fire TV, Google, Google Chromecast, Roku, Android devices. So, you know, you can, you can get it on anything. It's like Stadia if it worked. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just, just throwing that out there. Oh, I'm a I'm a big. Wow. Uh, speaking of '80s stuff, uh, I was a big fan of Creep Show back in the day. They've got an original series, Creep Show. It's awesome. I love it. They kind of brought it, brought it up to date. It's awesome. Uh, they've got The Room, a Shutter exclusive. Come on, Three from Hell by Rob Zombie. So, if you're into this kind of stuff. This is what you need to be on, Shudder. All right, so here is what you do. You need to try, if you want to try Shudder for free for 30 days, go to Shudder.com, that's S-H-U-D-D-E-R.com. Use promo code SENDNEWS, that's S-E-N-D-N-E-W-S. I'm gonna read it one more time. Get started streaming the best horror, thriller, and supernatural content to try Shudder free for 30 days. Go to Shudder, S-H-U-D-D-E-R.com. Use promo code SENDNEWS. Thanks to Shudder for sponsoring us. All right, so let's move on. Uh, another big story uh, this week, and this was from Jason Schreier, who is now at Bloomberg, not at Kotaku anymore. They've uh, been hemorrhaging staff, um, speaking of horror. Uh, and this had to do with Take-Two. Obviously, Take-Two uh, owns Rockstar, owns 2K, They've got their private division uh, going, but they had also bought the rights to make the sequel to Kerbal Space Program. And there was a studio that was making Kerbal Space Program, but, and they were called Star Theory Games. It's not the original, but this was a new studio that was making Kerbal Space Program 2. They were coming up to renegotiate their contract with Take-Two. They couldn't come to an agreement. Take-Two cancels the contract. And then basically poaches all of their staff and starts a new studio to make the next Kerbal Space Program. So pretty brutal. Just a reminder of how how kind of uh, vicious uh, the video game industry can be. Yeah, yeah. I so I've I, I before I got into this like uh, uh, YouTube and, and Twitch game, uh, I used to work in compliance quality assurance for. Like about oh, about ten years, I've been I've worked at various studios and like I've seen this type of thing and I've seen better and worse. Um, there's a level of just like it sounds so gross, but internally they're just looking at the bottom line and going, right. "How can we keep these people and not have to deal with the company itself?" Right. You know, mm-hmm. they just see it as a bottom line on that, and like there's zero sort of like. Um, Almost like there's so many cases like this where they they go, all right, bottom line, this is the best way to do it. Let's do it. Send out these LinkedIn things to everybody and try to bring them over. And you don't, they don't for a second kind of consider how awful are we going to look <laughs> the moment this mm-hmm. comes out for yeah. anybody that's not interested. You when know? you say yeah. it that way, it doesn't yeah. actually sound that evil, which like it <laughs> is a fair point. It's like, I mean, this this is a crazy thing to do, and I think it's especially just like so harsh because we know how much of a juggernaut Rockstar is, and how much money they make, and how just intimidating shot cards are in general. Like we don't stand a chance against the people who make those. When you put it that way, they're like, well, they're trying to keep the people in the studio. They just don't want to work with that company. It's like maybe there's maybe some nuance there that I hadn't thought about. I don't know. 
it's At it's a gross move but they just yeah. they don't really even like care about you know the way it looks and mo- most importantly if they can get most of the staff or the or the staff right. that matters then like right. at the end it's like well yeah. you'll forget about the story the game will launch it'll make its money everything's fine yeah i guess as long as they're all still getting paid the way that they should and haven't been like massively screwed over by it one well, only recently have we, we really we, we only recently i just want to add have we really even been paying attention to workplace issues i mm-hmm. mean it's not something that and i'm talking about the last you know over the last five to eight years and just the crunch conditions involved because it just hadn't been reported on really uh that much at least from the sort of games media perspective at least not that i can tell i i don't know i i think yeah this is an effort to probably just keep labor costs down that's always the biggest expense of any company they're trying to do that it's why they resist unionization you know it's this is this was yeah i think to bring these people in sort of into more of an in-house role and and they got all the main players uh, you know of the who are working at the old studios so yeah I, rockstar didn't get this rich by being dumb i remember <laughs> i remember when it you know before it was called crunch it was called bioware magic Yes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's magic. God. It just happens. Hey, we, 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 we just sauce. everybody yeah. just puts their you know the nose to the grindstone the sweat of their employees, mm-hmm. right? Right. You know, and, and in some cases, magic. or in some cases, it's like, hey, you know, well, this is a a self imposed thing. And and like I remember reading about uh, on Smash Brothers how Sakurai, he's like, I'm in the office with an IV drip, but it's okay. Don't worry about me, you know, and things like that. And it's just like, guys, like. You, you you need to have systems in place where you don't overwork your your, your employees yeah. until they literally drop dead. Yeah. You know, and if you guess what, if your boss is in the office at all hours of the day, you're in the office all hours yeah, of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody's going to leave before the boss does. And and yeah. you're, so as the head, as the leader of the student, you you set the tone. I mean, you just in, yeah. there's literally a word uh, karoshi in Japan that is like work death. Yeah, and it is yep. a thing you can follow of like people who have expired while we're overworking themselves, you know, right. and they had to like basically uh, uh, have years of pushing for putting in like restrictions against that type of thing occurring for them to finally listen. Yeah. Um, I, I remember hearing about how Nintendo had uh, a massive overhaul in, in like basically minimizing, you know, overworking conditions. And it, it seems yeah. like yeah. it was uh, a big success for them. From what I recall, yeah, I remember uh, an interview with Reggie Fizeme, uh that was like a, it was like a Waypoint interview from a few years ago, and he was talking about how uh, the topic of, of crunch came up, and he was talking about how yeah we minimize crunch by hiring more people, like contracting more people by yeah. increasing the number of people that are working uh, right. on a project, uh, as opposed to like making employees stay stay at stay at work for twelve hours a day for five weeks. Like you know, I, there there are sensible ways to take care of crunch, and from what I understand. Uh, Nintendo of America, at the very least, seems like I don't know. I'm not going to say they have it down because I I don't work there and I don't know all the all the facts there. But um, from that interview, it seems like they have their head in the right place. Yeah. I feel like all my friends who work there seem to be doing pretty well. Like it is obviously a major issue with just with culture in Japan in general. I remember when I was in Tokyo, just seeing people still in their work suits sleeping outside of the buildings yeah. that they work in because yeah. they don't even really have time to go home and they live so far away because Tokyo is so expensive. Like it's it is. Yeah. It puts things into perspective. It's pretty crazy. Um, and, yeah. and there is there is the argument too that uh, and uh, lots of people have made that that it's just not sustainable. That that people just quit the industry and and yeah. then you have to you, you aren't able to replace them or at least 
replace them with the same level of talent. Naughty Dog uh, allegedly went through that a lot with The Last of Us too. That just a, a lot yep. of turnover, bringing in sort of junior level people. Uh, it took longer to get them up to speed, and this is why it took so long. So it frankly yeah. happens in games media as well, which I know nobody has sympathy for because everyone hates the media. But like, <laughs> we're the you real know, victims. Yeah, I worked six weeks uh, without a single day off at IGN one time. You know, Damn. like wow. six full weeks without a day off, and that, that like it wasn't uncommon for me to be at the office till two a.m. Yeah. It happened all the time. Um, it's for sure an issue with media too. It's just yeah. People leave. People, that's why people end up going to PR. Like they're like, totally. I can't do this media shit. Anymore. And you get, get more paid. money. Yeah. yeah, you can't afford to live and you work your whole life and everyone on the internet hates you. <laughs> I'll never forget yeah. when uh, I was working, um, you know, QA and like there was a game that was in crunch. So they start the, the outsourcing place I was working with uh, started introducing uh, day shift, night shift, dead shift, you know, like the, they had the triples going and they needed more um like team project leads to basically like be around for each each shift uh and so they started like at first they had people doing double shifts and signing up and at a certain point they actually had pressure on for some people to work triple shifts and Ooh. it was completely nonsense and like everyone pretty much turned it down but there were a few who did not and i remember one dude in particular um I had come in to do just the dead shift and like uh, I remember my friend was telling me about how like the guy was working and after he did three shifts back to back midway through the church, the third shift, like maybe four in the morning, there was a point where they were seeing like like he was he was like trying to open a bug in like a database and like he was just clicking on the same thing for like 10 minutes in a row and nothing was happening. Having QA testers like be to that point you basically need to qa test the qa testers you have at that point testers. yeah <laughs> someone had to physically walk over and like go like dude what are you doing and they tapped him on the shoulder and he turned and like literally just eyes watering he oh. was like asleep but but like crying at this it was messed oh up my God. you know uh, it's just not and a good idea it's Jeez. the it's quality's like, dude, worse go then. home you can't work like this you know but <laughs> this is what leave. the company was encouraging no i know like ea way 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 back in the day uh used to have like point systems where they would give people rewards for how long they worked for and stuff like that mm. just like that's just not a rock star, rock star, yeah, taking it back. They, uh, you know, uh, there's been a lot written about crunch there. They like to see people at their desks, you know, uh, uh in the office, even on weekends. And yeah, Alana, you were talking about media. I mean, I, I think that the problem with news is it just never stops. And mm. you know, and in gaming, you know, even when we're all asleep over here. Uh, in, in North America, well, then there's all kinds of stuff going on. And, you know, there's news breaking in Japan, there's news breaking in China. And, and it just, it, it can never end if you if you don't let it. I mean, I, I've, you know, I came up in newspapers, there were people who would live at the office, it would kill, yeah. it would kill marriages, it would kill, you know, families it's just i I, mm. I think this has to come from management though because nobody For else sure. has the authority your boss needs to come in or who your boss's boss and be like hey go home like and don't come back yeah, you like, know. yeah. the big thing is establishing a healthy culture yes right? like and that's, that's right. the thing that that's the thing that's i think probably very difficult to to grasp like you look at the the story with riot uh and all the things that are going on that was going on there 
Uh, and what that comes down to is culture, right? Like if yep. you're not mm -hmm. if you're not shutting down toxic behavior in the workplace, if you're not mm -hmm. doing that actively, if you're not finding finding ways to practically encourage your employees to go home, like I right. understand that you really want to get this thing right. I understand that you're waiting for Tom uh, over in animation to get his <laughs> thing done so that you yeah. could do your thing on the programming side, like. You know, there are so many moving parts and video games are, are huge and incredible and still blow my mind whenever I, I whenever I play a new one. Right. Right. Yep. Playing Final Fantasy VII Remake blew my mind while playing it because that's a thing yeah. that people made. Right. Yeah. Playing uh, even playing Undertale, which like comes off as the most simple thing. Right. Like even that blows me away because that's a, that's one dude pretty much uh, that made that game. And that game is as incredible as it is. And it's one of my favorite games of all time. Like video games are this like cool uh, technical uh, but also artistic, like feet, right? Like there's so many different elements from music, from from visuals mm -hmm. to art to voice acting to mocap to all these. There's there are so many different moving parts, which makes it probably the, one, that makes video games probably the one of the one of the hardest, most difficult things to make. Yeah. Um, and so, like mm -hmm. in a way, it's almost understandable that that you know crunch and terrible work culture exists because like y'all are y'all are trying to make something big, at the same time like. That is that is why you need to be practical about it. Like that is why you need to like actually like take a stand and be like, all right, as a manager, it's my job to make sure that you guys are seeing your families. Like you yeah, guys are yeah. home. You guys because like what like, you're describing. Suffering. Yeah, because I mean, like all that, like the technical marvel, the the amazingness of what you're describing, it's made by people, right? right. These yeah. are these are people, and and like just on a, not even just on the the like the like you know the regular health and well being of like your employees level, but on a level that is like mental health, I know like firsthand and I've watched, I've seen like you are already in a state of like, just like things are much more stressful as a game is coming to a close anyway, even if you're oh, working yeah. normal hours, right? right? When things are being, when games are going through the last, uh, um, you know, it's, it's called the, like, like the compliance phase, like the final phase before it releases, you have to go through a lot of extra work to make sure everything is in place. If you add on top of this, the, on top of this already stressful time, uh, lack of sleep, extra hours, no home time, no downtime, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. it is not uncommon to see nervous breakdowns occur. You yeah. know, yeah. like you do see that and people don't quite easily get over that. It's not like, oh, yeah. And then they got a good night's sleep and they were back to normal after that. Like some yeah, people no. had serious issues that stayed with them for a very long time. From I, I know someone who worked projects. at EA who ended up in um, in a, a basically a mental ward, had huh. a breakdown so bad working there that yeah. he had to be institutionalized because huh. it just absolutely broke him as a person. So he yeah, had to stop yeah. working for, I think it was a full year, that he couldn't function as a human anymore because the pressure was so bad. Yeah. It's like, this stuff is, is, it's not just like a talking point that, you know, we bring up as like, maybe unionize. Like this is, it is very serious stuff. Yeah. It is yeah. very I mean, you look at Hollywood heavily unionized, you know. Yeah. And, and it drives me nuts. I'm like, why can't we get that? Right, right. Um, all right, let's let's go on uh, to our last story. Alana, do you want to talk about this one? You uh, yeah, I just wanted to talk about this because I'm a real big fan of VR and a real big fan of Half Life Alex. So the story this is from Game Rant is Half Life Alex dramatically increases number of Steam VR users. Uh, after the first Half-Life games redefined first-person shooting, Half-Life Alex has had a similar impact on VR, which is kind of what I always expected. And the thing that I have with Valve is, you know, people are always like, why won't they make games? In my head, they have no reason to make games when Steam just prints money. They don't even need to make a video game ever. Why would they, frankly? It, it's almost mm -hmm. not worth the resources. Um, but I think that Valve will do it, and, and Gabe Newell is still extremely passionate about what he does, if they can change the industry. Like, Half-Life did 
change the industry. I mean, obviously, Doom did yeah. before it, but mm-hmm. Half-Life had a dramatic impact on the way that uh, even video game narratives are told. And I've had a conversation with Ken Levine before, the creator of Bioshock, where people always, like, anytime I mention this quote, are always like, I disagree, but Ken said it, is uh, that Bioshock is just Half-Life reskinned. Sure, they built their own story around it. But to its core, Bioshock is just a different take on what Half-Life invented. And aside from the audio It's one of those games like Ocarina of Time, like even if you hadn't played it, it influenced everything that came out. Yeah. Yeah. So aside from the audio logs, which I think Bioshock did technically bring to the table, it is like, I get what he's saying. It's just a different take on what Half-Life basically established. So Half-Life Alex has kind of done that for VR. Obviously, it's still really limited because not that many people have VR, but it is like just incredible. Like just the tech is so, so, so good, especially if you have a quest and you can play it wireless, which is what I've been doing. Oh Wait, my God, it rules. You can do that? Yeah. Finally. Because yeah. I have a quest and I've been wanting to play this so badly. Yeah, you can. Yeah. What? Do it now. <laughs> oh my God. Right my now, today. When the so podcast it. ends. It's I'm so playing good. Half-Life Alex. Oh my God. It's, it, it, it's absolutely incredible. Um, yeah. And the the liquids they just added to bottles, like I'm so just showing that about those physics, liquids. It's insane. Oh yeah, give me those yeah. liquids. This it's so dope. This story is like that. This isn't surprising because I mean the technology existing has never been a reason for people to jump in. You always need the killer app, as the term yeah. is. You know, you need the, yeah. the, mm-hmm. the 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 convincing thing that is not just a um a tech demo or a or a glorified tech demo you know like in some cases you have some i've had some some really uh, uh cool experiences there's the x-wing uh mission that you can do um for star- the, the, the x-wing yeah exactly the x-wing yeah. vr mission that's like amazing but it's a half an hour little tech demo you know um, i mean i think beat save is really good but that's still uh-huh. the same thing over and over again super hot vr i do think is mm-hmm. like totally incredible Rubber Recall is good, but also gimmicky. Like, they're just kind of too limited in, in terms of mechanics. Keep talking um, and no about, one explodes. That's about Rescue yeah. Mission is one of the, my favorite VR yeah. games. Like, that that game feels like almost you're, you're playing, like, a Super Mario 64 kind of yeah. experience. Right? One like, it's, it's is, more linear, but it's still incredible. Was Super Lucky's Tale in VR? They made a mm-hmm. VR version, yes. They did, yeah, right? I so, and yeah. I just remember, like, the one thing that I liked about that was that you could, like, move in and look at the little fox, and it was very cute, but otherwise I didn't really have reason to play that in VR. Chronos but it feels is another like you're one. playing with your toys, right? Yeah, like, when you're, when you're it, the floating It is camera. really cool, but mm-hmm. that's not quite enough, whereas you're right. I, I think that Half-Life yeah. Alex is, while all of those other games exist, and I don't want to discredit them, and I did mention it, I always mention it, Chronos, play it, I love it. Uh, yeah. That's also on, on Quest, I believe, um, was an Oculus exclusive in any case. It's yeah, like, Alex is people, like the one that actually like feels like it is not just a, a game that was made for VR as a VR game, like a Beat Saber is. It feels like a game that just happens to exist in that landscape and pairs so well with that hardware that I'm just glad that this happened because I feel like there've been a lot of naysayers who've been like, it's never going to take off. It's not going to work. Yeah, it's, it's been floating in, in limbo for a while. But again, like this plus not being wired in, right? Not have like not being yeah. uh, as cumbersome as the initial launch for a lot of the, the early VR stuff was, is like a huge convincing thing for a lot of people to jump in. Yeah, that's, that's been my experience for PlayStation VR because uh, as people probably know, I host a PlayStation podcast, PS Love you, I Love You XOXO, YouTube.com, so it's kind of funny games. Go check it out. <laughs> um, and PSVR has been my main VR platform. And I absolutely love it. I think the library on PSVR is absolutely incredible, right? Like I mentioned, uh, Astrobot Rescue Mission, but there's also uh, this is of course Beat Saber, but Tetris Effect came out originally on PSVR. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Blood and Truth is another incredible game there. I expect like, you to die. 
Yeah. Uh, I, I've not heard of that one. I expect oh, it's to really cool. It's basically like a, you're Bond and you're trapped in Bond's gonna die because of this convoluted, like you know, series of traps and lasers gonna kill you type of thing. And you have to huh. use, yeah, uh, yeah. In VR, you have to kind of like uh, figure out the puzzle, get out of the car before it falls through midair and explodes. And I it's think a, it's, uh, Naomi Kyle might voice a character in that. Yeah, yeah, it's a, yeah, that it sounds really okay. cool. Yeah. yeah, it's basically Bond trapped and trying to escape the villains, like ma you know, uh, uh, devices and machinations. Yeah, and it's it's great. Also, oh, Werewolf is really good. PSVR uh, the community on that's great. PSVR is absolutely incredible. VR in general is absolutely incredible. But yeah, like I got a I got an Oculus Quest probably around like four weeks ago at this point, and playing around with it, like to your point, Wooly, like not being tethered by wires or cables makes that experience yep. so dope. Uh, so to the point where like it feels it feels so much more accessible because I just put it on and I'm ready to go. Whereas right. PSVR has so many one, there's so many cables. Uh, I have to have it plugged into the front of my PS4 USB, and of yeah. course there's only two USB slots that for my PS4 are already in use because I have one for the hard drive and one charging mm -hmm. controller. Mm -hmm. And so I had to unplug one of those, then plug in my PSVR uh, uh, set, my PSVR box. I also have to dig out my PSVR wands if, uh, if I want to use them, which I'm never using, and so they're never out. Um, <laughs> get, the get the camera out. I have a like, yeah, for my PSVR setup. Get the camera lined it up. Yeah, the head orientation. Whenever you start a game, like you have to yeah. like see yourself in your room, and you always feel awkward because you're like, oh, that's how I look today. So I kind of commit. You have to commit an afternoon to this. Yeah, thing. like there's yeah. a yeah. whole setup to PSVR that, for me, as somebody who loves the platform and who loves the library. If I want to play a PSVR game, it has to be a practical decision. I have to right. know yeah. that yeah. I want exactly. to play a PSVR. Exactly. Whereas Oculus Quest, at any point, I'm popping that thing on and I'm like, all right, let's play some Thumper. Yeah, I'm having you, a just, good time. you just draw exactly. an outline. And Thumper's then godlike. Sometimes I actually haven't played stays. Thumper in VR and I really need to. Yeah, I love that the outline stays. It knows where you are in your apartment or house or whatever and will cool. remember exactly what the parameters you set up are, which is dope. Yeah. Um, so we probably need to, to move on because we're running out of time, but I did just yeah, want to yeah. say... This jump in user growth is the largest uh, jump in Steam VR usage ever. Valve's April survey shows the monthly number of VR headsets connected to Steam. Currently, 1.91% of Steam users have connected a virtual reality headset, which is like a pretty solid amount of people. And, and um, they deserve some credit for pouring all the resources into making a AAA exclusive VR game. I, yeah. I don't know mm -hmm, if there's mm -hmm, another mm -hmm. company that would do that. No, again, that's the only way they were ever going to make more Half-Life is if they could use it to push yeah. a medium, and I think that they've done that, and yeah. I think that we'll keep getting cool stuff like this going forward, which is super exciting. All right, let's go to questions. Oh, to Res. Shout out to Res VR. Oh, yeah. Right. Also, <laughs> there you go. We don't have a ton of questions, uh, but uh, this one, let's see. Uh, oh, wait, someone named Autumn Farrell asks... <laughs> Not familiar with her. For our guests, <laughs> what's been the highest point in your career so far? What's been the lowest? Interesting question. Oh wow, that's a that's a deep question. High, mm. I mean, highest point, I think for me has been getting hired at Kind of Funny. Like I've only been been at Kind of Funny for about six months now, uh, and I got hired in in January. I got I got brought on and announced in January, uh, and that's been a great point for me because I've always like since probably like twenty. 13 you know i listened to IGN podcasts that's like when i found beyond because like last of us came out yeah uh and that was beyond and 
Last of Us was like the game that made me go like, what's out? What else is out there? You know, what, like I want to learn more about this game. I want to listen to spoiler cast. I want to listen to podcasts, all that stuff. Right. Uh, there's that Bioshock Infinite. Like 2013 was just a big, big year for games in general. And so that that's kind of the thing that led me to to start listening to Beyond and Game Scoop. Uh, and from there, like start following folks like Greg Miller, who found it kind of funny uh, with Tim, Nick and Colin. Uh, and I, you know, I've been a fan since then. And, you know, being able to kind of have it all come full circle to me, uh, for me, uh, to where now, you know, I get to be hired and actually work for Kind of Funny. Uh, for me, that's been the high point for me. Uh, but as far as like a low point, honestly, like COVID-19 has kind of been fucking things up yeah. <laughs> in a way that has kind of sucked. Mm-hmm. Uh, working from home has, has been a tough experience for me. I guess Especially you would have had your first like proper E3 production yeah. with the team too and now haven't. And like that's like such an exciting part of working in the industry and the way that Greg yeah. does it, like, or the way Kind of Funny does it in general, it's obviously not just Greg that plans those. I think Tim's buying a lot of that kind of planning, Probably. but uh, yeah. <laughs> it seems like, like something I, Tim would do. It's it's GDC super cool. was like the first thing that I had to miss, and then yeah, like E three, and pretty much the whole year is, is a wash as far as attending events, yeah, and doing anything. Um, that is a but then like you know, working from home and having it to do like the video thing has been kind of a not a struggle because we kind of funny's figured it out and it's been good. Um, but I just highly, highly, highly prefer being in person in the studio, yeah. having that energy. Yeah. Uh, you kind of have to make up. Mm-hmm. It's hard to kind of have the same hosting energy for my bedroom when I'm sitting next to my bed. Uh, and like I'm looking out the window and seeing people walk by and it's like, oh, I'm home. Um, True. Like <laughs> yeah. it, it's, it's difficult, but, you know, it, it's all right. You know, when it comes down <laughs> to it, like it's fine. Like. I want to say it could be worse, but <laughs> we're kind of at a place where things are kind of... It got worse. Bad. It got <laughs> yeah. worse. And so, yeah. whatever. Uh, how about uh, you, Willie? Yeah, I'd say uh, high points would be... Um, so, for the longest while, you know, uh, the uh, old group I was a part of, Super Best Friends, uh, we all are, you know, from Montreal, Canada. And so, when we were recording, it was just something where, like, we were, you know, we didn't really get to go out to many events and do a lot of things. And uh, one of the, the first uh, times we kind of went out to like an event was we i remember flew out to uh, la and like we got to do a really cool episode with uh, the game grumps and recorded a, a fun thing with them and then we got to basically do like a meetup and we had no idea like where to go or what to do or like who we were gonna meet and i remember we just kind of impromptu said yeah we'll just be at uh, around one come hang out i guess you know we'll have a few beers and like hundreds of people came out and we ended up standing outside because we couldn't fit inside in a line that was like we were there for like five hours it was madness and just uh finding out for the first time holy shit this many Mm -hmm. people care and like want to say what's up you know was like just an impact of like wait what like it was huge you know I had, and that, I, I had that experience at rtx too very similar yeah, like yeah, we were just like RTX at, a, as well. at a meetup with uh people who back when this channel was the no and just i ended up hanging out at a bar with uh with fans for like hours at just buying people drinks talking uh-huh. just it was the best yeah. it's especially amazing, when you get you know? so much shit on the internet when you get yes. to do stuff like that yes. in person mm-hmm. you're like oh totally. i needed to know that you are real yes. and exist and nice. you <laughs> put a face you put a f- exactly you yeah. can see like these are the the people that you're talking to you can have a real conversation with them yeah. and um yeah go same thing we went to magfest and just saw like such an insanely humongous crowd of people that like stood and some people stood in line for hours just to say hey what's up like your stuff shake yeah. a hand take a picture and i'm like this is nuts, you know? So that's definitely the high point was like the the in-person physical manifestation of all the love, you know, that you didn't really know was real type of thing. The internet yeah. love, so to speak. Um, 
And I guess, you know, conversely, the low point uh, definitely was, uh, yeah, the Super Best Friends Play My Group. It ended. We all split up. We went our separate ways uh, at uh, about a year ago. And um, yeah, that was just a really, you know, rough time. Uh, yeah. It, it was, you know, one of these things where like, you know, I'd been doing, I'd been working uh, with this group for like, yeah, like almost 10 years, you know. Oh, and, wow. Yeah. Um, it, we'd been been doing it for a long time. So seeing it go uh, uh, you know, our go, everyone going their separate ways kind of thing was, it was, it was rough, you know, it was a really rough time, but, um, the positive is that, like, I can say that, you know, I'm like stuff individually is going well, you know, um, and things are better. So like, you know, all the like stress and I guess anxieties and the, you know, bad mental health stuff from that time have kind of like taken a turn for the, for the better, you know, but, uh, yeah, just being Love real, here. that's, that's the high and low. Yeah. Dealing with, with, uh, stuff like groups breaking up especially because it has to be public by virtue of the nature of the internet, I think is a lot harder on those individual creators than people think because fans will always be like, this sucks for me. I, I need to know why this happened. But they don't put time into thinking about how difficult it is for those actual groups themselves to deal with. And like a PR nightmare of all of that. It's That shit is intense. It's, mm. it's uh, a lot of people, a lot of strangers' opinions at once about things they may not necessarily understand. And yep. Yes. Yep. Yep. You can't talk about it necessarily. <laughs> oh, and, yes. Yeah. There's a yeah. lot of opinions. Yeah. Uh, and they don't necessarily go away. But for what it's worth, I mean, again, like I think, um, you know, with time, things end up in a better place. And, you know, like yeah. you just you, you, you grow from it, you know. So, yeah, that's the main thing. All right. Let's do one more question uh, because we're running up on time. Lucent Orb asks, what games have been the best or d have done the most, I think they mean to say, what games have been the best or done the most for promoting diversity? Hmm. I'm laughing I, because what they wrote makes perfect sense. It's what games have been the best at or done the most or, for promoting diversity. So I have, a, I have an answer that springs to mind immediately for a question like that. And it is, uh, to me, Walking Dead Season 1. Um like Clementine and Lee and uh, the whole group in that game in general, just being a game that has a diverse cast, but you don't even think about it because you're just following their stories. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's just yeah. real and impactful. And it's not even like, it's not even a point. You know what I mean? And it's right. one of those things where like after the fact, it's like, Oh, Oh wow. Look at that. You know, but you're just following through this human story. And, and with these characters, I think that was one of my favorite cases of it ever. I'm going to put out Gears 5, I think does a really good job with diversity, but also accessibility, which I guess is just a different kind of diversity in that it was the first game that's been rated like a full five stars for accessibility for deaf people. Um, just very good about letting a lot of people play it and, you know, um, multiple characters of entirely different races and colors and accents. And yeah, in that world, it, it um, really richens everything. So shout out to Gears 5. I want to shout out uh, Life is Strange and Life is Strange Before the Storm. Like those are two of my favorite games of of, of this gen. Uh, those games for me really really touched me. Like uh, of course if you're if you're unaware of like what the game is tackling, right? Like it's it's you're playing as Max. Uh, you have a best friend Chloe um, in the original game, and like the way the way in which they depict their friendship uh, and their relationship. Like I, I think they do a good job in those games of you know really inviting you in and really making you care about the characters and really making you understand the perspective of these characters. I think before, before the storm uh, does that well as well for me as for me playing it, uh, playing this game that is about like 
these white teenagers in suburbia like as a black <laughs> dude i'm playing it and i'm like tearing up at certain moments written and I'm, like, by a bunch of french dudes <laughs> yeah written by a bunch of french, don't french nod. dudes yeah. Yeah. like i play it and like i start tearing up and i'm like you get them max you get them like it's a, <laughs> those, those games are so good uh, i've also been thinking about uh, i've been i've been thinking a lot about gta san andreas honestly this week san andreas um that game was for me like the first game i, I played growing up that really depicted um or that really like owned and depicted black culture in a way that i that i had not seen before in a video game like i was so used as, as a kid to playing like mario 64 uh and like i guess a lot of nintendo games because i had an n64 like spider-man 2 and I remember, I remember uh playing san andreas and listening to radio los santos which is the mm. hip-hop station and you know riding around grocery and like hearing the ways the, char- the characters talk and seeing the ways the characters interact and being like wow this is like like i f- I felt represented in a way that that felt weird because I am not a gangster by any means. Like I do, I don't rep that life, and this is a game that's all about gangsters, and so it feels weird almost for me to to uh, feel represented by this game. But at the same time, it that game I think does does such a good job of uh, I guess just rep, repping the culture, and of course like toward the end of the game, right? You get into riots, you get into pol- police uh, uh, corruption, and all these things in a way that that was my that was also my first experience with that like with uh it's basically a game that. about police corruption in a way yeah. so yes yeah. <laughs> so many people that would have never picked cj on a character select screen found out that actually i i will love being cj oh yeah, yeah. when they yeah, were yeah. forced to be him <laughs> yeah <laughs> a beloved yeah um i this is kind of a I, I don't know if this is a dumb choice or not but stardew valley um i i liked just how they incorporated all these different uh, characters' backstories into the game. Like, there was a veteran with PTSD. There was uh, one of the villagers was uh, kind of homeless. Uh, well, no, there was uh, homeless. Uh, there was a girl who was one of your love interests is poor and lives with her mom in the trailer and is kind of ashamed. And, like, there was just a lot of different things like that that I just thought was cool and it, it wasn't it was clearly made by one guy with a, a like a, a very clear vision about what he wanted to do uh there was sort of the evil walmart corporation i don't know i liked it a lot can yeah. i give a shout out to one more game sure please uh apex legends that's one that i think good has call. such mm. a good cast of characters right like yeah. you have bloodhound who is non, non-binary you have uh two black women in in um bangalore and lifeline uh you know you have you have a robot uh, you have uh, Octane, right? Who, who's missing his legs, right? The the, the Gibraltar that is is Maori. Gibraltar, yeah. Gibraltar yes. is Maori, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like such a such a diverse cast of characters in a way that doesn't doesn't at all feel weird or you know feel forced or or any of that. Like if the design genuine. is such a huge credit to that studio, who I mean they're amazing at design anyway, but. The fact that those characters are so different, but when you see them all together, they still look cohesive and like they belong in the same universe yes. is, is super impressive. Just yeah, like to tie that all out. together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To their, their team is, I mean, they put out yeah. back to back bangers recently. And, yeah. Just and, amazing and, stuff. Play Titanfall 2. And on just on just a conceptual level, I've never played the game, but one of the funniest things I remember is just hearing about the game Rust. 
as a survival game where when you boot it up and you start it, you don't get to choose what race or what gender or what anything you are. You are handed a character mm -hmm. and you are stuck with it no matter what. And a lot of people got really upset about that. <laughs> it's almost right, like well, the real world. Well, now if we're doing multiplayer games, I need to change mine to Street Fighter 2. It had everybody in there. Yeah. Mm. Well, this Capcom's always been pretty good about it, too. Like, yeah, the, the fighting games do a, a pretty good job. Although I got to be real, Street Fighter 2, if you go back and look at some of the uh, preliminary designs before they made it into the game, they weren't great. They were bad. Yeah. There oh, was yeah, some rough sure. stuff. Yeah. Uh, Blanco, Blanca, the green beast with yeah, the yeah, chains, yeah, sure. he wasn't always green. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Oh, no. Also, the women are still just very much naked, but, you know, it is what Dals it is. Yeah. yeah. Dawson I mean, in that used case, to have like, six arms. In, in that vein, shout out to Mortal Kombat 11. Uh, I like Mortal Kombat yeah. has, has, has made good progressive decisions as far as maybe not every single women character in our game needs to have their titties out bouncing, right? Like, I don't maybe mind we can if some have, of them do. Yeah, like some of them, like some of them can, right? Like yeah. I like, like Sindel is a DLC character yeah. that has her titties out, and it's great. But also, like, does every single one of the no, characters? No, I'm not anti-titty no. by any means. Yeah. Love of a course. titty. Yeah, physics are great, but just like if people don't dress like that constantly in real life, should they in a video game? <laughs> it's exactly. it's funny. Yeah. Like not everything my, is titty. Yeah, <laughs> my, not my everything seven, is titty. <laughs> <laughs> my seven year old daughter is is getting into games now, and uh, she will not play a game if it if the lead or, or she doesn't have the option to choose a female character. She just won't. Like she's just, wow. it, she's just not interested. And at one point we were playing Smash Ultimate and uh, we told her that uh, Samus was was a girl and she's been a huge, she was like, what? Are you kidding? And she made me like show her pictures from the inner, you know, Zero <laughs> Suit Samus and all this. And it, That's it, so cute. Know, made me think of that, yeah. It's That's like awesome. the first Metroid game all over again when everyone yeah, was exactly. surprised by that. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> exactly. But they were yeah. surprised while also like sitting there with their bonus. Whereas I assume <laughs> that your daughter took it much more positively. <laughs> yeah, no, it yeah. was just like, what? No, wait, she's a badass. Yeah, yeah. There's a series I want to make that I, I keep something that I keep talking about is games with creative characters and the creative character is not necessarily black people friendly. There's a lot of games in particular. Oh, so yeah. There's some Japanese ones where it oh, ain't great. Yeah. Uh, oh like, yeah. yeah 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 like i've played games where it's like you go from like the the caucasian skin color into basically purple you know um yeah. like so there's some soul caliber games where it's not great at features so no. and <laughs> hair is such a big thing right like hair is yep. like my, my main issue with yeah. so many cre uh, creation tools because like they never nail it right like yep. it's it's either it's either a buzz cut or for some reason, reason like an Afro mohawk, and no in between, or like, yeah. or like corn uh, cornrows. Yeah, cornrows corn very popular. I remember yeah. Sunset Overdrive specifically getting a lot of praise for actually having. I, I think I, I don't want to say this if it's not not true, but I, I feel like this is what I read uh, was that they basically just like went to all of their black stuff and were like, let's authentically pull some images together and make sure we actually get this shit right. That's amazing. What yeah. a con what's it shouldn't be amazing. Wow. <laughs> but yeah. put effort into it. All right. Um, we're coming up on time. Let's end it there. Wooly and Blessing, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, anything you guys want to plug on the way out? Go for it. Uh, again, PS Love You XOXO uh, is kind of funny. It's PlayStation podcast that I host with Greg Miller. I highly recommend people check that out. Uh, and then aside from that, I'm on Twitter at Blessing Junior. Uh, and I also host Kind of Funny Games Daily uh, quite a few days out the week. Uh, and that's available on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. 
uh, yeah, I've got Let's Plays and uh, streams of uh, not just fighting games, but all kinds of different games going on on YouTube and on Twitch, both uh, Wooly Versus, and I'm on Twitter at Wooly Wools. Uh, check me out, see if you like what you see. Awesome. We'll have to have y'all back. This is great. Uh, please do. And we will see you guys next week. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.